So, first question of tonight, Colin, are you a people pleaser? 100%. Amazing. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I, I, I find that actually, um, I'm also a nice person as well. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take the other side. I'm not a people pleaser and I'm not a nice person then. <laughs> so in fact, that's why, that, in fact that's why we get on very well indeed um because i i, I think we're going to, need to ask a question around this because actually what what does it actually what does it mean what, what if i say to you you know i'm a people pleaser what what does that what do, what do you think about me what's your thoughts about me when i say that to you tired <laughs> i i don't know i think i think the definition of people pleaser that i found is about Someone who constantly thinking about other people's feeling, how they're being perceived. Can they do something else for other people? Can they make it right for other people? They're very, very considerate. But also at the same time, almost they constantly take responsibility for other people. Like they will apologize um, for something that maybe they're not even involved or responsible for. So that you, when you ask me, what's my feeling about it? I think the first word that comes to mind is tired or tiring. Well, I mean, it could be tiring. It could be stressful as well. I mean, isn't isn't there a role for people pleasing within our society? Isn't there a particular, you know, isn't there, you know, it's like a court jester. It's someone that makes someone people happy. Or is it our society creating people pleasers? Is it is it kind of like a trend? I, I asked because I, I was seeing someone recently. Hmm. Um, she's a middle-aged, lovely, lovely woman. I've been working with her for some time. And um, we were having a really long sessions together. And then suddenly her 18-year-old neighbor from downstairs knocked on the door. And she just came up and said, oh, we're going to have some friends over, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. And then my, my lovely client just said very gently, oh, by the way, you have, oh, you almost like basically cooked my cats yesterday. But we'll talk about that later. I was like, okay, what's going on? And, and the other person is equally concerned. It's like, what do you mean? Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You just left them in a very, very warm room when you went out yesterday. Um, so yeah, that the catches weren't comfortable. But I'll talk to you later. I'm with a friend right now. So, and then later on, we'll have a chat about it. So what happened is this lovely 18-year-old girl staying over at one of her room or flats um, with minimum rent or just covering the utility. Mm. In return, she asked her very kindly just to look after the two or three cats that she has over the weekend. But being an 18-year-old in London, she wanted to go out. Um, but she's like, oh, but I'll only go, you know, in the afternoon. So what happened is I'll feed the cats, you know, look after them, and then I'll go out. Unfortunately, the day was very, very hot. So she ended up like kind of closing the window, leaving only a little bit of a gap, not closing the blind, not left enough water out. And I think my client's actually livid when she came back as obviously came home with three cast as almost heat stroke. But she was so lovely about it. But, but is that people pleasing or is that actually accepting things that you shouldn't accept and understanding that things happen and also it's to do with who's taking responsibility i think she was being nice you think she was too nice i think she's way too nice because when i ask her would you are you going to talk to her about it? it's like oh yeah i'm just going to lay down the flag a uh, fact and just tell her what happened hmm. like, mm, you're going to tell her that you're actually a little bit upset if not angry like hmm. yeah i don't think there's any point about it and then we kind of had a long discussion how kind of expressing what you feeling is also important but initially her instinct is actually no I don't need to tell someone I'm angry you know it's not the nice thing to do 
Well, so there's a denial of emotion, which I think is an interesting thing. And also there's a boundary issue as well, which I also think is interesting. And there are a number of different cases that I come across in exactly the same way with this. So um, a, a lady recently who I was working with and halfway through the session, someone wanted to come into the room. And so there's a knock on the door and she went to the door and opened the door. And this guy said, you know, can I just come into the room and just get this thing out? And she's like, no, I'm just in the middle of a session with someone, you know, um, you know, can you come back later? And this guy said, no, 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 I've just got to take just two minutes for me to come into the room and, and just just do this. And and, and she was like, no, 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 no I'm, I'm just in the middle of something. And then he turned around and said, Look, I'm just going to come in and do this. And he went in and she was like, OK, then just go over here and do this, this and this. And she just watched him do this thing and he left and went out. And I said to her, how did that make you feel? And she just said, well, it's it's slightly annoying, isn't it? And I said, well, I think it's quite strange because what's happened is you didn't assert yourself at all. You accepted something that you actually shouldn't accept. And this person who's actually supposed to be working for you overrode you in all, based on their role and responsibility and didn't respect your role and responsibility in the situation or what you were going through at all, but you accepted it. Now, does that make her a people pleaser? Or does it make her or put her in a situation where actually there's a, a kind of like a, almost a weakness within her personality? Hmm. Do, do you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just trying to 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 understand about this, this idea of a people pleaser, because I, I think a people pleaser is quite a powerful thing. I think it's someone who has the capacity to actually understand what's going on with people, to really see where they're at and what's happening and that they can adapt and adjust themselves to in a way because the other person can't adapt and change so i'm going to propose that actually being a people pleaser is a superpower and i'm going to put it in the opposite direction because i think that i i think this this is an imbalance of that superpower i think that what you're presenting is someone that actually has the capacity to understand what's going on, but doesn't know how to adapt and adjust themselves in these different ways. I guess in that way, the question to ask is when you're a people pleaser, who are you actually pleasing? Ah. Ah. So do, do people please other people or go out of their way to make other people feel better because that will make them feel better? Or do they go out and do it because actually you will actually benefit other people? What's the ultimate? pleasing well i think if if we look at it what's the the way that we can it, it's kind of interesting because in eastern tradition the way that you can understand the nature of how things are is in service to other people mm -hmm. so we've got this idea which is kind of almost very deep within sort of a spiritual sort of traditional spiritual culture which is that actually you you find you're linked to some higher power or something higher through the capacity of service. And what this means is that it, it means, do you, it's done from a point of strength and a point of spirituality and a point of clarity, which means that you're using each of the different situations to overcome the obstacles and the darkness and the shadow side of all the things that occur within life. And you're using that to adapt so that actually it becomes a, a, an aspect of service. And I, I'm i just wondering whether that actually what that's being presented, I mean, I love the way that what you talked about is, is this, this idea of who we're serving, because I think that 
an imbalance of this is rather than us being able to navigate that situation, we turn the blame onto ourselves rather than allocate responsibility fairly for an issue that happens. So uh, uh, say a people pleaser that we have in the West is someone that actually turns around and just kind of like, it's, it's my fault. You know, it, mm. it, it, it's all, it's all my fault that this has happened. And you're like looking at the situation, you know, I was speaking to someone the other day and they had a difficult situation with their son and their son brought this young person home and there was an argument between the, the young person and my client and it, the son then blamed my client for this whole thing. And then my client was like, because she was so emotionally overwhelmed, she's like, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. I've done this so wrong. I've, it's all my fault. And I, so I think that in the West, when we look at a people pleaser, it's almost that what we do is we attribute all the emotion, all the pain that we see in a situation onto ourselves and we turn it onto ourselves and we use it to hurt and to harm ourselves. And rather than actually to step back from the situation and allow ourselves to see where the allocation of responsibility is all the way around and to take responsibility for our part but know that other people need to take responsibility for theirs in fact we don't allow people to take responsibility for their part and we take all of it on ourselves and in fact it, it, it keeps that in balance so i would say this is the kind of western definition and starts to be sort of some western ideas about the symptoms of a western people pleaser mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, is, is the situation describe how when you someone can actually allocate the responsibility adequately people pleasing as well, or is that being fair and being insightful into a situation? I think it's being fair and insightful, definitely. Yeah. But I think you can also people please within that because actually there's a balance on emotion. I think then there's an imbalance of emotion and, a, and, a, and not a correct process of emotion because I think that almost in a way, the symptom of a people pleaser is an imbalance of the emotional processes mm -hmm. that should occur. I was just going to come on to the, exactly the same point, because I think in the West, in psychology, there's also the same similar um, definition to the servitude to others as in the East, which is altruism. I think that's kind of like a really old, older, mm -hmm. much older concept, psychological concept, where I think the definition is disinterest or selfless concern for the well-being of other people. Mm. But within this concept, there's less about worry of your own self. It's actually standing from a very fair point to kind of, as you said, in the Eastern tradition, serve other people and how you can help and benefit other people's well-being. Mm. But as I was thinking, as, as you said, the modern day people pleasing, or at least, you know, everything that came up in my research, it came, almost there's an internal dialogue about oh, I need to make sure that people like me. I need mm. to make sure that people see me as a nice person. Um, why don't people like me? Or is there any way that I can make them like me more? And I'm only, there's almost, uh, there's almost a sense that I, I people will only like me if I'm good to them, if I'm nice to them. I think, I think that's a slight different quality to it because a lot of these internal statements often mm. start with the word I, which is kind of slightly away from the concept of altruism. So, so what you're looking at here is an imbalance of personality. Mm. And with that imbalance of personality, which is that if there's an internal dialogue, which means that you're bypassing feelings, 
there's this internal dialogue which stops you from feeling and you there is a, a kind of like almost a deep thirst or a deep desire for people to to like you or to like you more or it, it you want something there's almost a hole mm. there's almost a hole so from that if we look at it from the in the difference from let's say from the eastern perspective of this which is that actually you are comfortable in you you're adapting yourself in lots of different ways and you're able to understand that you learn through the service to other people and lifting other people because you're a people pleaser you serve other people in this way it makes you this nice person but i think in a way we've got this mask of being a nice person when you want people to like you so mm. what you're doing is you're doing certain things in a particular way like oh, I'm, you know i'm such a nice person it's always that kind of it's always for me is when someone is a, a nice person or a good guy they're actually not a good guy or a nice person at all they're masking that kind of anger and that kind of you know what i mean there's that sort of this whole sort of thing that's being wrapped up in it because there is this like say there's this identity this ego that is in place like you're so nice oh yes i know i am i'm just i'm just so nice i, I remember this sort of word this word nice it's 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 kind of like it's it's all, almost a it's an awful word isn't it i just find it difficult i don't know if it's awful or not i find it difficult yeah. i i can understand what it means to be good i can understand what it means to be right but i find nice a very difficult concept to understand yeah because what does nice mean exactly does it mean that you are being well liked or you have a lot of likes on the social media does it mean people recognize you you're popular i i i find it I find it a very interesting concept because most a lot of people strive for being nice as well. But at the same time, I don't really understand what it means. And also at the same time, I often find maybe it's both, maybe it's just people pleasing. I, I'm not quite sure yet. People pleasing sometimes there's almost an underlying aggression to it as well. Mm -hmm. I like the example that you gave. A similar example I have is a client has a little bit of a four hour with a friend. And the other person's like, oh, I'm often a people pleaser. So I often would just do whatever you say. But now I've been told I need to take out and look after myself. So I need to say no, I need to do this. It's almost, I, I think I think the other person, the friend is really explaining themselves very, very well in the situation, how they feel, you know, they, she, they need to just, you know, what the experience is. But at the same time, the, the way they came across almost sounds like there's a little bit like microaggressions like I've done all these good things for you I have been so accommodating to you in the past why can't you do what I want now do you know what I mean I, I don't know if I'm interpreting right or wrong but no, I, no, I, I think it, 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 it means that what, how other people perceive you is really important to you and you see the thing is the difficulty is here and especially in yoga we've got these different sort of ideas about perception and you know, there's we've we've discussed many times before the gap of perception between who you think you are and who you actually are. Mm -hmm. But there's also a gap between who other people see you as and how you see other people seeing you as. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And what you're doing is you're trying to fulfill that kind of that gap about how you think other people see you as. And I think that's fascinating because it means that you serve that imagination in your mind about what you think. Do, do, does that yeah. make sense? Huge and I think sometimes we think that I think that coming back to your initial question, which is 
Mm. What what what's my feeling about people pleasing? And I find it tiring because I think sometimes when when there's a people pleaser pleaser person, there's almost a constant need of catching up. There's almost a constant need of oh, what do you want instead? Like I almost imagine in my head if I ask that person, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What what would you feel like today? What, do you want this today? Did we had that yesterday? Would you like this better? I was like. Actually, I just want an answer to my question. What would you like for dinner? Yeah, but I, I just I would go against that and actually say that someone was very easy and could just kind of like actually I'm really, really relaxed, really laid back. And you turn around to me and you just go, What do you want for dinner? I'm like, hey, whatever, it doesn't bother me. It means I'm happy to be in your company. And actually, I, I'm easy if you're gonna if you wanna if you wanna be um, you know, kind of like roasted butternut squash with with some kind of like amazing surprise sauce on it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll go for it. And and it could be that I'm laid back and very easy. Um, but also I could be ultimately demanding as well. I could turn around and say, well, actually, I'm this, this, this and this. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced whether that's people pleasing. I, I'm But your answer is very different. Your answer is I'm very easy. I actually don't mind. Mm. Or go for whatever you want. Whereas the answer that I got from earlier on is that, oh, I don't know what would you like instead. Do, do you think this is better? Do you think that is better? Do you know what I mean? It's the it's the quality that answers. So the key key thing that you're saying here, which I really like, is that actually it, it's 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 the almost there's an aspect of fear involved, and there's an aspect of going along with other people, and and I like I like this because what happens is that I think we've got this kind of underlying thing that we actually go along with something, even though that we don't agree with it or yeah. we don't want to do it. Now, when I first came across this in yoga, it was, I, I found it quite difficult because when we studied it, we were looking at this aspect and I remember Jessica Charles saying, he said, there is a, a weakness, a weakness in the senses and a weakness in the mind, hmm. which is why you go along with other people because they provide the strength and the reference point for you in the world rather than you making that decision for yourself. And I actually had quite a lot of difficulty with this. I was a bit kind of like, really? There's a weakness? Yes, he said, there's a weakness. And so I kind of, I, I see this because it, in a way, we've got this sort of behavior, which is where we can almost have many different masters like we will agree with lots of different people on various different points so you know you you'll be sitting around a table and what will happen is that someone will turn around and say well i don't like this political party because of this this and this the person will, oh yes i agree with you completely and then someone will say well i don't like this political party because of this and they, oh yeah I, don't, I agree with you completely and almost there's a kind of a weakness in all of these different arguments moving through this rather than a sort of a a a sort of a strength of knowing within themselves. Is this? Uh, sorry. Is also, it... Currently, there is a movement in the society where mm. the view seems to be more and more, not necessarily polarized, but more and more extreme in some way, where kind of you, you have to, as you said, agree with other people in some way, and there's less of a middle ground. It's either you believe in this camp or this side or this view or you are going to be on the other side there's not much of compromise where you can be in the middle and me and the colleague was reflecting on this is this a consequences of what I think is called a cancel culture where like sometimes if you express a certain view may it be political or non-political if the 
if it wasn't well received, let's just say on social media, and sometimes it can be almost like a little bit attacked. Mm. It's that the consequences of that, so that people are afraid of being cancelled or targeted in some way. So you have to kind of just go along with other what other people say, even deep down, you may not believe in it, or it's actually the cause of it. So we then find ourselves in a situation where we can't express genuinely how we feel. Or maybe actually what we feel and what we think aren't actually acceptable. Mm. So, you know, there seems to be sort of a couple of sides to this in a particular way. And but what do we do with the emotion based on this? And I think that's an interesting thing because there has something has to happen to that emotion. You know, I feel a particular way. What do I do with that emotion? I have to go along with everyone else, even though I want to say, you know, this really pisses me off. You know, I really want to say that. And actually, I can't say that because all what happens is that you're in a situation where someone is actually taking advantage of you. And so you find yourself in a position where you have to go along with everyone else and and people take advantage of you because of it. So it's a trap. It's a big trap. It's a trap that you can set for yourself as well. Mm. And I think coming back to the example that I give in the beginning, where I think towards the end, I encourage my client just to have a chat, an honest talk with her neighbor, just to say, you know, that's how you feel. And I think that can sometimes be one of the first steps, which is the, 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 the motive of actually having that chat is to acknowledging what you feel. Because sometimes I almost feel like it's difficult to do so. But I think that until you talk it through with someone else, first of all, or mm. actually begin to articulate those words, first of all, you know, almost we dread going there. We don't want to go there. It's better to categorize ourselves as a particular person in a particular way so that we don't f- jump out of that situation. You know, I, I, I'm a people pleaser. I, I you know, it is it, too much That's what I do. before, you know, and actually to begin to articulate that actually yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really angry. And I'm angry being put in this situation. I can't believe that I've given you the responsibility to look after my cat. And what you did is you opened the window a little bit. You didn't leave any water in. You buggered off for the whole day. You did this, this, and this. I've given you this place, a very, very cheap rent. You're not appreciating me. You're not respecting me. You're doing this. You're doing this. You know, almost there's a kind of like a list of, absolute aspects of anger and but in a way we have a huge amount of communication from the world that says we need to suck it up mm. that we need to actually just accept all these things you know now i'm going to be the devil's advocate and come to your side a little bit but i think sometimes that is a superpower because mm. again with the work that you and i both do we sometimes see extreme cases people yeah. who may have been through a lot of traumatic experience and things like that, actually being people pleaser or being able to be nice actually is a superpower because that means they can adapt. Yeah, but they've processed it. There's a difference. You see, one the first thing is that if it becomes a superpower when you've processed it, which means that it cannot touch you, okay? The problem is, is when it, it, it does touch you, but you don't accept it, you don't recognize it. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? And you you kind of almost in a way you bury it and you hide it and you suppress it. And you kind of, you carry it. Whereas in the... And the question is, is how is this going to stop my enjoyment of life? 
So almost like the distinction between the two sides is, can you actually recognize what you're doing, but at the same time also recognize the emotion, mm. the emotional cost almost that's going to left behind and how you can process that. Mm. And you are actually able to process it. Mm. And, and, and for me, I always, again, it, it's at that first point, which is the, the recognition of that. You see, before you can actually deal with it in the world, you need to deal with it personally yourself. Because if you try and take it out into the world and go, look, I, I, this is causing me a problem, it actually magnifies the whole thing. So there's a real magnification of it. And you actually hold on to it even more. Whereas if you start to process and deal with it yourself, then what happens is that you can then go through so that when you go out into the world, you actually, yeah, I've dealt with that a little bit better. I can understand this a bit better. But don't we need to magnify things sometime before we can deal with it? Because well, sometimes I see in a situation where it's been so suppressed, so suppressed, so suppressed, you almost need to magnify it slightly, literally with the analogy of using a magnifying glass. You can actually see what the problem is. So you then can acknowledge and deal with it. The difficulty is, is that then gets you into a huge amount of trouble. You're in enough trouble as it is already. There's no point burning your bridges and sabotaging stuff. Just mm. mean. So I would be, I'd be inclined to actually work with a person just to kind of like, work on that bit so that every time they went out into the world it was an experiment and a practice which lessened and lessened and lessened what's happening rather than actually no we're going to go out and you know screw everyone i'm gonna you know and it just doesn't work hmm. so the answer to people pleasing is not aggression or expressing anger I think I think expressing anger is very important. I think the recognition of anger is very important. I think that we detach from anger regularly. I think we actually can't recognize that emotion that anger actually is. I think that we confuse anger with anxiety. I think that, you know, there is a, even though they start with A, they're very, very different, but the feeling and the experience of how they actually manifest within the body are very, very different. Yeah. And it is quite easily confused, actually. Mm. When you're angry, you you shake, you feel your insides burning, you feel really unstable. Mm. And a lot of the time, these does feel anxiety. Mm. There's, a, there's, there's another aspect of people pleasing in the West that I, I, I think is very British. <laughs> okay, so this is a British aspect of it. Tell. No, it's where, it's where you apologise all the time. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm more sorry. No, no, no. I said it first. I'm sorry. I'm the one that's sorry. Okay, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. And sometimes it's interesting is when you, I, I, I think I do it every now and then as well. When you hear someone else is, you know, having a suffering, you almost feel like the need to, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But the thing is, you're not a people pleaser, so I don't believe that actually you mean. <laughs> so you think I'm just saying it? Yeah, you're just saying it to make everyone happy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I was just trying to be nice. I'm pretending to be nice. Uh, see, now I've got it out of you. You're actually pretending to be nice. <laughs> um, but why Why do we need to say I'm sorry all the time? In, in a way, what it's doing is I think it's to take the edge off a situation. It's there to actually to stop us from exerting or finding ourselves in a situation where we want to pacify because we, we're avoiding conflict and again i think an aspect of people pleasing is that 
we're apologizing and apologizing and apologizing because actually we find that any kind of conflict or any sort of situation where there is a any sort of emotional possibility very very difficult and so it, it kind of it, it it means that if everyone gets on with each other if you make everyone happy if you make the other person happy if you do these other things then everything's going to be okay but that is a dream definitely Definitely. But it also is linked to fear as well, because you're frightened of losing something that you've got, which means there's an aspect of attachment in place. I was just going to say, because sometimes that behavior is also linked to workplace situation, because I can think a lot of those examples in NHS. Mm. We apologize constantly for patient waiting for so long in any because the four-hour mm. waiting window is never really achievable most of the time. I remember myself apologizing to patient because my consultant actually is on leave and couldn't attend to attend to their own clinic. And they were like, why can't, why, why aren't they here? I was like, actually, I'm not sure because I don't do with their diary and they go on holiday without asking me first. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do find myself apologizing. And sometimes I think in workplace, I'm not sure if it's better to pacify the situation and not show my own emotion in the situation and kind of just let it settle so that we can carry on working hmm. or the other question is am i allowed to but is this not service is this not actually good customer service in a way which is where what's happening is someone comes in and we take responsibility for that because we, we're doing a service we're giving a service in a particular way and if they're upset we go through conflict resolution training we understand that we need to listen very very carefully to what's going on and to make the person feel heard and to also understand and listen to what's happening and show them that we want to do something about it so we go through this whole sort of thing within this but are we actually people pleasing or are we managing people is this a form of management that is actually in place and it's there as a, as, a, as a step program to deal with and de-escalate with regard to anger, with regard to all of this. But is this not our, we don't have to be a people pleaser to do that, do we? No. We just have to be very good at customer service. Steps. It's communication 101. Mm. Also, the thing that I've learned is never to say to an angry person, calm down. That's my favorite thing to say to a person. <laughs> and then I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> doesn't work they're getting more angry it's definitely a good thing to say so I, I think just just going back to this is this kind of this aspect of apologizing um and this also this kind of this this fear because i think this the the apologizing and fear kind of relationship they go hand in hand with this and in, in yoga we look at we look at a number of things we look at not knowing as being the root of many 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 of our issues and the, the relationship between not knowing and the way that we create an identity and a and a reference point in the world and a personality and uh, an ego and then within this we then have aspects of fear and desire and um, also aversion all kind of coming together and manifesting together and here there's um there's there's a fear of rejection a fear of abandonment within people pleasing you know you 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 don't want to be on your own you don't want to be isolated you want to fit in you want to feel part of something and i think that this for me is also a battle within and my observation of this is that 
there's this kind of battle within humanity, within human condition, between needing to be an individual and standing on your own two feet and also fitting in to society and being accepted by society. And almost in a way, we want to be accepted, but we want to be individual as well. And that kind of playoff between those things, I think, forms part of this. Mm. I think we talked about this before, about the conform conforming into society as well as expressing mm. our individuality, and I have given this some thoughts. Mm. Because I think it's very hard in the sense that we all want to be individual, mm. but if you're too unique and too standout-ish, oh. then you often get labelled as eccentric or erratic, and you, you, you've been you given certain amounts of labels where actually it does make it harder for you to then function in society in some way because other people see you differently, and mm. they will almost there will all there will be more um, challenges in place almost. Mm. So you have to kind of assimilate enough so that you can almost like pass off as everyone else. But at the same time, you really want to maintain your own individuality. Mm. I don't know if that's the right thought or not, but that, that's how I, you know, what I've reflected on the topic. Yeah, but also there's, and again, for me, there's there's three types of people in the world. There, there's those people that actually have inside themselves they find their inner strength from themselves in themselves and actually they don't care what happens in the rest of the world they've actually got this within themselves it means they're self-contained it means they are stable within themselves and they find that point of stability themselves and then the other end of the spectrum there are people that find stability in the outside world so they're subject to the judgments of the outside world and they're also subject to holding on to the ideas and notions of the outside world and i think to at that spectrum, at that end, we find the Western definition of people pleaser at that end of the spectrum. And I find at the other end of the spectrum, you've got the definition in the Eastern side of a people pleaser, someone who is there to serve humanity. Mm -hmm. Most of us fall in between this. We fall in between these two different areas. You know, we find we've got aspects of inner strength and we've got aspects of external strength. So almost we're pulled in these two different directions. Yeah. And I think, as you said, there's also the elements of not knowing when you interact with each other as well. Mm. Another, another person that I met up recently was just talking, uh, I was, we were just having a chat and she was stroking her cat on the side. And suddenly there's a remark, cats are just so much easier. I was like, yeah, of course, because, you know, when you piss the cat off, they you know, something wrong and they will let you know quite quickly when, you know, they are unhappy about something. Whilst I think maybe because people pleasing or maybe because we want to kind of pacify the situation, resolve conflicts, not going to avoiding conflicts. Sometimes we don't show our true thoughts. Actually, that causes a lot of issues in our interaction as well. So this is a, is kind of a very interesting area because actually we have difficulty with other human beings. We have difficulty with interactions with other human beings because almost we find it difficult to communicate with them because actually the communication with them, there is difficulty. There is a huge amount. And that's why animals are much easier. Like a cat is much easier. It, it just wants one thing from you. It comes in, it views you as another cat. It goes, feed me, you feed it. It looks at you, it falls asleep. It tears up your furniture with its claws. It then goes out, 
it comes back in again. You repeat the same thing yeah. and it cuddles you and it purrs and it does various different things. It's so easy. There's no conflict with a cat. In fact, dogs are even easier. You know, it, 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 they're, they're very easy. Horses, on the other hand, mm, a little more troublesome. So I, I think I, I think that when you start to look at this, if we that if we jump back, is that this kind of conflict or this uh, any type of aggression? It, it, why? How do we avoid it? And we avoid it because actually there is a sensitivity there. And I remember one client I was speaking to who. They, they said, you know, they came to all these categories as, as like the perfect people pleaser, basically. And everyone was taking advantage of them. And they were like, you know, it, it, it's like I feel that I've got just so much to give. I've got a huge amount I want to give into my relationships with other people. You know, I've got all this capacity. I've got all of this depth and all of this emotion, all of this stuff I want to give, but no one seems to recognize it. No one seems to have that capacity to go as deep as I can go in a relationship. And, but yet they don't like conflict and they don't like any type of aggression. And there's two different people in a relationship. And it means that we actually need to navigate the other person as well as ourselves to go deep in the relationship. So even though you feel you've got this incredible amount to give and the, all this stuff that wants to happen, you know, that there's, there's there are two people. And so actually to go deeper is a really challenging thing because you can only go as deep as you've been before in a relationship. And you will always take those patterns that you've taken before and the part of the relationship. So you will default to all of these patterns, unless from the outset of the relationship, you set something up differently. So there's a discrepancy of the perception of the relationship again. They think they have so much to give, whilst not realizing the relationship itself is not at that level yet. It's not yeah. at the level that they can give so much and receive so much yeah. because there's no foundation, the foundation of the relationship isn't there yet. The foundation is really important. The outset of the relationship is important. The foundation key. And setting that those parameters in the import is, is, is so important, but also the ongoing work that needs to be done. Whilst everything is going well, the problem is, is that, as you know, and you see it and I see it again and again, is that we never do the work when the times are going good. Yeah. Okay, what means good? Do we ever do the work? We're like, no, we're going to drink champagne. We're going to have fun. We're going to go out and pizza. We, we, we have a great time. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, it all goes to shit and buggery, okay? Why did you do I can't believe you did this. They've got to look, I was so offended. I was just like, you did that. You know, and, and it's just kind of like the whole thing is going all over the place. And are we prepared for that point? No, because what's happened is we've set everything up in a particular way. Yeah. And I see it again and again and again and again. And I, I spend a lot of time educating people, giving them different tools, different techniques again and again and again to be able to take breathing practices, meditative practices, to be able to step back and to see these different things. You know, because we're all doing it. We're again and again and again, we're doing it. But we can only outmaneuver it if we can step back from it. And remember, that there's, there's two or several people involved. If you've got 25 children, I spoke to someone today who's got not 25, but three children. And I was like, oh, that's 25 children. 
<laughs> to be fair, I've spoken to someone who has 13 children, so half halfway there. Really? Um, <laughs> I, I agree completely. I think sometimes you do need to learn these tools and skills when everything is stable and well, mm. which is how it was explained to me about psychotherapy as well. I used to find it so fascinating and contradictory in my head because yeah. uh, oh you should go into therapy when you're in crisis when you need this when you need that but then actually as I learn more and more actually as you said maybe it's a different tool absolutely different tool but in order to practice and learn about mm-hmm. the tool actually you need to be really stable you need to be in a place where even if you're triggered because of anything that happened you can deal with it and mm-hmm. of already imbalanced and actually you're not in the right place to practice anything it, the right thing for you to do at the time is to pacify and make everything getting towards stability first. So in a, in a way that the tools and techniques that we, we, you know, we find so much of everywhere, do this, do that, helps with this, this, and this, actually the preventative tools that you start to work with and you start to use whilst you're in a stable place. Because the other thing about a people pleaser is I love the way you meant you use the word tired and I use the word stressful because Tired and stressful means that there's stuff going on with the nervous system. Okay. It means that situations are perceived. The mind and the senses are associating with things. There is a sympathetic response to the nervous system. And almost there can be fight or flight kick in that remains on within a people pleaser. Almost there's an, a kind of like this fight and flight happening all the time. And this yeah. is a Western, Western people pleaser, not an Eastern one. Eastern one, we are just so zen. Again, I think that that comes towards the the background. If there's any trauma or anything that have alerted them in their youth, mm. whereas growing up, they need to actually constantly monitor their surrounding. They, as you said, they are in stress alert. They are on high alert, so that they have to be more mindful about surroundings, mm. about people around them, how to please them, so that they can feel safe. They won't be attacked. Mm. I think that really fits into that. What you just said as well. So, in a way quite a lot of the time, there are not the, the causes of this can be past traumas. Mm. Okay. Interesting. So, it, it, is there something that we can do about it? I mean, in, in, in yoga, the whole aspect of yoga philosophy is set up so that we get the right balance between our internal relationships and our external relationships. So we're looking at how we get a coherence between how we're working with ourselves and how we're working the world to get a perspective about how we see ourselves in a positive and negative way and how other people see ourselves in a positive and negative way and how we see other people in a positive and negative way as well. So we kind of look to get a balance in all those things. And one of the tools that we use is to do with the first step is to do with an awareness of this assessment about how we respond to different situations. And we classify the situations in a number of different ways. So quite often, if something good happens to someone, if people pleaser will kind of like over-exaggerate and just, oh, this is so wonderful, it's amazing. Oh, it's so fantastic how that's happened. Um, and if something good's happened to a people pleaser, they'll always play it down in a particular way. No, no, it's nothing. It's nothing at all. So there's a, almost an imbalance in the way things are happening, how they treat other people to how they treat themselves. 
Mm. So almost in a people pleaser, when a people pleaser is someone else is suffering, they are, you know, almost they're driving the ambulance, you know, towards it. Like, I will come and save you and help you and rescue you and do everything. Um, but actually, when something's happening to them, how do they react? How do they behave? They almost neglect. Right. Mm. And then you get another imbalance is that, you know, when someone is completely and utterly, you know, awful to a people pleaser, people pleaser accepts it. And almost in a way, they're in pain, huge amounts of pain. They suffer the pain so much. And they keep suffering that pain. They don't leave the situation. And they kind of almost in a way, they kind of like, I don't know how I live with it for so long. I bet they keep living with it and keep living with it and keep living with it. They can't, they believe that they are immune to it. And actually they haven't, they're not able to be indifferent, which is a very, very different, different thing. A very, very different thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that when it's happening to someone else, they're very good at, advice for someone else so why can they do that for someone else but not to themselves mm. so in yoga we start with this mechanism and understanding how we interact with ourselves and how we interact with other other people because it's there within our bodies it's how we express within our bodies it's how we express within our breath but we just can't see it mm. and in western psychology that i the examples i found this i think all the things that you said and we have talked about already but there's also apparently a major sign when you find that your diary is filled with other people things like mm. you're always giving your time and effort out to other people but you constantly don't have enough time for yourself yeah when or you don't have any energy left in uh, within yourself and you feel quite depleted mm. and the advice that was given is i think maybe it's somewhere very very similar to what you talk about is about focusing on the interaction outside and also internally yeah. but i think really clear boundaries remembering that the relationships require both giving and taking you know mm. in, from both parties help only when you wanted to do so and start feeling obligated to do it mm. before committing and also at the same time assessing the request and stall for time and i think that was a very interesting concept. It keep talking about stalling for time, mm. almost like for these, the advice for people pleaser, if it's becoming the imbalance type, you have to really buy your time and pause and really reflect and don't just impulsively say yes. Yeah. And also practicing positive self-talk. So they have to almost have those reminder themselves, positive affirmation, you know, you're worth it. You, you should spend more time and energy on yourself and things like that. And I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah, but you know the commentary that come back from people, please, on that? Which is? So selfish. I can't believe I'm not going to do that. That's just such a selfish thing to do. I can't believe spending so much time on myself. Exactly. Mm. And, and, and boundaries. I, I do have good boundaries. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm so nice. Yeah, I am nice. Um, it, it's in, in yoga, again, we look at, all of these things as well. We're looking at, at all of these different ideas. We're, we're looking at, you know, how to deal with the situation, how to create priorities. You know, what is the priority is one of the biggest questions to ask. And also how to really look after ourselves. So how to nourish ourselves, because nourishment is a very important thing, especially if we're working and helping with other people. You know, because, and I bring this to you, you're a... You're an obstetrician, is that correct? 
It used to be, yes. Yeah, it used to be. Now, there's something in this. Is, that, is, there, is it not the nature of the parent to almost please the child? You know, how, how does, because from my perspective within Eastern tradition is that how, matter that is being constructed within a womb hmm. is prioritized. You see, this construction of a fetus within a womb, it pulls whatever the child needs from the mother in order to please it, to sustain it, mm -hmm. even, if even if it's at the detriment of the mother. You know, it's it's her role to actually nourish herself. And nature will prioritize and please based on what's required in that situation. So there's almost a pulling that's going on within it. Hmm. So I think that actually people pleasing or pleasing or having the resources to give unconditionally is actually a part of nature. Hmm. And I think it just, it just, does that make any sense? I think I think I agree with that. Not that I think I agree with that. There's definitely stop agreeing with me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just trying to make you happy. Just um, trying to make you happy. Um, no, I agree with that. I agree. There's definitely nature power where, or at least in in the in the case of um, pregnancy, there's a biological tendency where the pull is somewhere else instead of yourself. Yeah. But I think you're so right in saying that actually the system also demands us to nourish and nurture ourselves as well right. because otherwise it's unsustainable because right. actually if the imbalance continues the mother's health will suffer which means in, in eventually the baby's health will also suffer right. so it needs to be both and what i see that also is that often it happens we, we've talked about third child haven't we you and i've in the past mm -hmm. is the first two children there seems to be an, a, you know almost in a way that the the pulling that happens out the system it is sustainable but from the third child onwards it, it almost it, it can create a sort of a deeper detriment into the system if the system isn't nourished in the correct way and that kind of kicks in later on maybe towards the 50s that kind of area mm. and that's when you see the effect of it and, and i think that almost as a repetition of this that's happening again and again because we do need to nourish and if you are caring for other people if you are prioritizing other people because it's a role or it's something that you've taken on to give unconditionally and to prioritize something else or someone else you need to nourish yourself you need to find that nourishment either from the physical world the psychological world or the spiritual world yeah and we've talked about the concept of burnout before, which is yeah. the situation where you actually burn out because you have nothing else to give because you're so mm. depleted. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. What's, um, I, I really enjoyed our conversation this evening. You're just saying that. <laughs> I, I actually, I've learned that because normally I wouldn't say a word. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it very much as well. No, so. stop it. Now you now you just now you just now now you are just I'm really, just trying to make you blush. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, what have we learned tonight? Well, for me, I think there's a difference between the East and the West. I really like what we've said because we've discussed that on the eastern side there's this idea of our personal evolution through the service to other people. And that is 
not a weakness, it's actually a strength and a superpower. And to care for others, to almost serve others, is to uphold our community, to uphold society. And almost in a way, an imbalance of it is that we just want to make everyone happy. And actually we're going along with things we shouldn't go along with. We blame ourselves rather than allocate responsibility fairly. We apologize all the time. There is a, you know, a fear of abandonment. There's an avoidance of conflict and aggression. We feel taken advantage of and not appreciated. People take the piss out of us. So there's kind of like two sides to this. I think one of them requires a journey from to bring ourselves together so that we sort of we find a point of stability within ourselves and in the world so that actually what we can start to do is is be able to deal with and prioritize and nourish ourselves so that actually we can keep giving out into the world. So I think that actually people pleasing is, is a superpower, but it's currently is an imbalance. It's needed. It's really required. We need to care for people. That's, mm. what, that's for me, what I, I kind of understand. What about you? I think as a healthcare professional, I, I'm constantly navigating what, what it means to please other people, serve other people, because that is part, a big part of my job. And I think you're right on the money where how to nourish oneself first in order to be able to be there for other people is so important. Um, I read I read a book before, I think it's called uh, Also Human or Being Human. It's about the experience of doctors who struggles in our career because it can be incredibly challenging sometimes because we also have our own life issues, our, our relationship breakdowns or family issues or financial issues, whatever our issues may be. Mm. And the, compa- the comparison or the analogy was given in the book, in, actually in the very beginning of the book, is being a doctor or being a healthcare professional, sometimes almost like uh, you've seen someone falling through a frozen lake. So you're trying to get across the lake in order to help them and save them. Mm. The whole time you're treading across, you have to be very mindful of your own health and safety because you can fall down anytime as well. And I think that is almost a beautiful analogy about people pleasing as well. It's okay to serve other people. It's okay to mm. be out there, give, and mm. making sure that other people have something that they need and you can provide that, provide that you also be mindful and not fall through the crack yourself. Exactly. And I think it becomes a an issue when we do fall through the cracks. Massive. Be aware that we've fallen through the cracks because actually we see that as normality. Mm. thank you so much Stanford. thank you so fascinating thank you for joining mm-hmm. thanks <laughs>